So Money Episode 80, Tiffany Aliche. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Good day to all of you. Welcome back to So Money. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Thanks for joining me. Now, many of my guests on the show have told me how important it is to begin talking with your children about money early and often. And one of my recent guests, New York Times columnist Ron Lieber, who recently published a best-selling book, The Opposite of Spoiled, he took it a step further. Now, he suggests that we actually help children learn how to associate money with a work activity that is ideally above and beyond their regular household chores. Like, don't give them an allowance for free. Have them earn it. And today's guest is a great case in point. She grew up in a family where money was a frequent topic on the family agenda, and every moment was used as an opportunity to help kids acquire good money habits, starting with the kids in the family. Her name is Tiffany Aliche. She is a rising star in the personal finance world and the founder and CEO of the budget Nista.com. This is a financial education firm. It provides seminars, workshops, and more importantly, financial empowerment to thousands of women across the globe. I met Tiffany at the Financial Bloggers Conference last fall. We were uh, conveniently and fortunately seated next to each other at a dinner. I had the pleasure of getting to know her and really learning about her mission, her voice. She is so charming, this woman. and But more importantly, her message is so important and she has a following and it's growing and you got to watch out, Susie Orman. Tiffany is the best-selling author of the book, The One Week Budget. It's been featured on NBC, PBS, The New York Times, and Essence Magazine, among others. Uh, Her outstanding client list includes such leading institutions as American Express, Princeton University, the New York Public Library, and the United Way. Woo! Very, very impressive. Three takeaways from our time with Tiffany. How growing up in her family where money was the norm helped her build stellar financial skills, including a credit score of, get this, 802 by the time she was 26. How venturing into the investment world led to a $25,000 credit card debt load. Whoops. And Tiffany's strategy for setting and achieving goals. Here is Tiffany Aliche, also known as the Budgetista. Tiffany, welcome to So Money. Wonderful to have you. The Budget Nista on So Money. I'm so I'm so money because I have you on the show. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Farnoosh. I'm excited to be here. You are a financial rock star and you entered this space as a as a voice for so many women and uh, a coach for so many people. You came to this world from an education background, a teaching background. You were a school teacher. What was that transition like? I would imagine it was quite a nice transition being that you were already um, somebody who was looked upon for guidance and support. You you really know how to how to help people. Yeah, honestly, it was a really smooth transition because I had taught preschool, which seemed so random at the time. I thought, oh, this is a random switch. But truthfully, while I was teaching preschool, I was showing my staff 
I was showing um, parents, maintenance people used to come in. I was showing everyone how to budget and save money during my break. It got to be so popular that during nap time, because the kids would sleep for about an hour and a half a day, I would have parent university and the parents would come in and I would teach them how to budget. So it was a natural transition. Why were you teaching them? Why did they know to come to you for that? <laughs> were you like, like, what was going on? Were you public about your passion for budgeting um, everywhere you went? Yeah, I was. Honestly, I grew up in a house where money was taught all the time. My father was a CFO and an accountant, and my mom um, was just really frugal. They had five girls, um, and so they taught us about money just all the time, and I became the go-to person for all of my friends when it came to, well, how do you save this, and how do you budget that? Because I grew up in a house where that was just the norm. Um, and as I got older, I started showing more and more people and people would just notice like, you know, you're not making much as a preschool teacher, Tiffany, but you always seem to have money. Or parents would ask because I grew up, um, I taught in a financially challenged neighborhood. And so sometimes parents would actually ask to borrow money. And so I thought, no, but I'll teach you how to save more. And so kind of like the word got out that way. Wow. And uh, you've recently uh, come from uh, a very successful challenge, um, the Live Richer Challenge. And that went live in January. It just concluded in early February. You've had such success with that. You're taking it on the road. Tell us about (laughs) the Live Richer Challenge and how we can all participate. So the Live Richer Challenge is a 36-day challenge, an online virtual challenge, where I decided I was going to help as many women as possible master their money in 36 days. And it's super easy. You just sign up at livericherchallenge.com, and every day you will receive a small, easy financial task in your inbox, and it will slowly breadcrumb you to financial success. So it's done so well that we have about 15,000 women worldwide in 30 different countries doing the Live Richer Challenge. I mean, someone from Russia just emailed me today like, thank you so much. I couldn't believe it. Gambia, Uganda. I mean, places you would not think that, you know, women are thinking about like, oh, you know, I'd like to join this Live Richer Challenge from the Budgetista. And so what it's shown me is that women worldwide are really concerned about their finances. And I think what has set the challenge apart is that we have this amazing online community. So not only do you do the challenge, but I created this Facebook group called the Live Richer Group. And about 9,000, a little over 9,000 of those women um, have joined the Facebook group. And every day for 24 hours a day, they give each other support. They answer questions. They hold each other accountable. I mean, it is amazing. And to me, that's the magic sauce of the Live Richer Challenge is that you get the support group of 95,000 women worldwide helping you. What are the pain points that you see recurring among this batch of women? So I did a survey and the number one thing- Of course you did. (laughs) And the number one women that women are, uh, that that they're having trouble with really is savings. I mean, I think that it's just basic. I don't know how to budget is number two. And number one is I don't know how to save. How do I save? Which is not gender unique. No, it's not. But what I found, because I do have a few men, of the 15,000 women signed Mm. up, there are about a little under 200 men that kind of snuck in and signed up too. And I find that women are far more open because I teach, my first love is really teaching. So I do a lot of classes in person. So women are far more open about saying, I don't know. 
because especially in America, we've grown up in a society where it's okay for women not to know how to manage money because there's not an expectation there for them to know. But men are usually a little bit more afraid to admit that they don't know because the gender gender expectation is that they should know. And so that's why I think um, the challenge has done so well because you know women are kind of raising their hands saying, I don't know, and, and society says that's okay. It's time for you to learn. That's amazing. I think you really said it there. We also yes. are much better at asking for directions, I'm just saying. <laughs> yes. What's your financial philosophy, uh, Tiffany? One that, you know, I'm sure you have many, and but I, I, I know that money mantras, having ma- financial manifestos can really help us achieve goals and to maintain a certain financial health. What's your top financial philosophy? So my top financial philosophy is really live richer, which is to purposefully and passionately pursue your ideal life. So money to me is just a tool to that. Living richer is so much more than money. Like what does your life, what do you want your life to look like? I want you to pursue it with purpose and passion and to use money as one of the tools to get there. So give us an example of how you can live richer. What are some small steps? So I say experience over things. So people think, oh, I'm so cheap because I'm the budget nista. All my friends used to tease me pre, pre-recession. pre They don't tease me anymore. But pre-recession, <laughs> all my friends would tease me like, oh, Tiffany, you're so cheap. You never want to like go out to brunch with us, <laughs> you know? And I would say it's because I remember one time in particular, I always wanted to um, go to New Mexico and go to Albuquerque. And I wanted to ride in a hot air balloon because that is the hot air balloon capital of the world, Albuquerque, New Mexico. And so one day I just said, you know what, this weekend I'm going because I don't spend money on brunch because that's not one of my purposes or passions in life. So instead I said spend money on experiences and like vacation. And so my friend called me and she said, I don't want to be rude. I know you're going to say no, but, you know, we're going to we're having brunch this Sunday, you know, or today. Do you want to go? And I told her, no. She said, Tiffany, you're so cheap. I said, actually, get whoa, she said that. Yeah. Well, you know, my friends, we speak openly. (laughs) <laughs> and I said, you know, I'm actually in a hot air balloon in New Mexico because I live in Jersey. And she was like, what? Mic I drop. Said, exactly. <laughs> and I sashayed away. And so she thought, wow. She said, when you get back, can we talk about my money? I said, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so that's what living richer is about. It's about spending money on the things that make your life better. And I'm not here to judge. If, if Some people are foodies. So if you're a foodie and spending money on brunch and food, then you should do that. But your money should really follow your values. What makes your heart beat faster? Right. You know? So, yeah, living richer. it's not just the $15 eggs benedict, but it's getting together with friends. It's spending Mm -hmm. a few hours in the sun if it's a nice day and maybe there's endless mimosas. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) Exactly. And so for me, I love spending time with friends. But so I'd rather come to your house so we can hang out that way versus spending $30 on brunch and hanging out in that way. Or I'd rather that we do my sister and I every year for my birthday, I try to go someplace. I call it epic. And so I knew this year, last year passed that passed in October. My birthday is the 16th of October. I wanted to go someplace epic. So we went to Greece and Turkey because I wanted to see, you know what I mean? And so You are not cheap, okay? <laughs> exactly. Because the year before that, it was Spain and Morocco. Oh so I'm like, gosh. it's not cheapness. It's just about putting your money toward those things that like yeah. really make your life amazing. I love you. <laughs> Thanks. Now- You've been you're you're the budget nista. You got your finances going on. People are coming to you with their Excel spreadsheets saying help. But <laughs> was there a time in your adult life where you really experienced a financial failure? And it doesn't have to be this, you know, 
earth-shattering moment, but relatively in your you know, in your life, this was a this was a bit of a fail. Hashtag fail. <laughs> yes, I have a I actually have a earth shattering hashtag fail. So I was 26 years old and I said, oh, I had money saved. I had just bought my first house. And I said, you know, it's time for me to take it to the next level and invest. I had money in retirement, but I said I wanted to invest for wealth. So I reached out to one of my air quote friends and <laughs> I said, hey, <laughs> friend in in quotes I would love to invest and he was independently wealthy as far as I could tell and I said you know I want you to teach me how to invest and he said sure that first things first lesson number one is that wealthy people don't invest with their own money and I was like oh really okay so he said well um what does that mean exactly he meant that I take from Peter to pay Paul to take money off of credit cards as in the form of a cash advance which I'd never even heard of before at 26 and to use that money to to invest. And I said, oh, okay, because I didn't, I had no idea. And I opened up like two different credit cards because I had such good credit. I had like an 802 when I was 26. And I took out about $25,000 to invest with him, which he promptly, of course, stole. And because I, I literally, I don't know what made me think. I had known him for years and I thought, there's no way he's not going to steal from me. We're going to use this money and we're going to invest. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, so he didn't. <gasps> And so all of a sudden, the girl who had the 802 credit, who had never had any credit card debt because I paid all my credit cards off in full every month as instructed by my father, had now had $25,000 in credit card debt. And I could not deal because I didn't know. I had paid off my student loans even by then. And I was finishing up my master's. So I had no debt other than the house that I'd bought. So I didn't know what to do. So I literally did nothing. I froze. I did not tell my father because I was like, oh, God. He's going to yell at me. (laughs) And for a year, I did nothing, which is the worst thing you can do. So I did pay the minimums. I was like, I'm not going to. I refused to accept that I had made the mistake. I was like, no, he lied. It's his mistake. He's going to give me my money. So for like a year, I like called him like every week, begging, pleading, crying, yelling, everything I could think of to get my money back. (laughs) Did you get anything back? No. (gasps) What I got back was like more lies. But I got a really valuable lesson. Because a very after- expensive, valuable yeah. lesson. <laughs> yes. So after a year of that happening, I finally said, Tiffany, you make enough. I was still a preschool teacher then, but I made enough. And I, I was saving literally almost half of my income. I said, you know what? If you just pay, pay it, you could be done in a year and just know that you've made a mistake. And as soon as I said that, that's when the recession hit. And that's when I lost my job. So what was your plan B? My plan B was to freak out, call my sister crying, like, what should I do? (laughs) And she was like, honestly, you should move home and Mm -hmm. move back home and rent out your place and just, you know, restart your financial life. And that's what I did. Within a week, I had to move back home. I didn't even tell my parents why. I just slowly started moving my stuff into the basement. (laughs) And they were like, hey. I was like, like, I missed you guys. (laughs) Yeah. I've been thinking. Yeah. I should move in. Yeah, exactly. And so... You know, even then, I I didn't even tell my parents until like my book came out because I'd written the one week budget and I described the experience. And so I moved back home and um, I kind of put out an advertisement against this person. (laughs) I know. Public service announcement. I I do because he's just the worst. But like I said, in hindsight, it was such a great lesson because before then I was teaching people how to manage their money from a place of almost like I didn't even... I couldn't relate to anyone's financial mistake because I hadn't made any. And I was like, what? What do you mean you have credit card debt? Just pay it. 
you know? And so with this, it was like the recession. It was losing my job. It was basically almost losing my house. I fell into pre-foreclosure. It was everything. So I had learned all of the financial lessons that most of America was dealing with. I learned in a period of two years. And I dug myself out of the credit card debt. Um, I still have my house. And I found another job, which is the budgetista. I decided not to go back to traditional teaching in the classroom. And I started my business instead. And so it was it was a catalyst for everything I'm doing now. But it was a very difficult it was a depressing time. But I'm happy for it now. Wow, that's a that's I'm surprised to hear that. And I'm so livid. I want to find this person. Yeah, and he's injure crazy. them. <laughs> I know. I always say like, oh, it's times like that that you want to have like you know those kind of friends. You know the ones you just make a phone call <laughs> with the bats. <laughs> yes. Um. Well, you you're so great that you've been able to really laugh, look it back on this, and laugh. I mean, that's the ultimate, right? To have that kind of that happen. Hopefully, that never happens to anybody. But then, if it does, to to work your way out of that and to look back on it with giggles, I think that's uh, remarkable. Thank you. And let's so let's flip it and and talk happy times. What is your proudest financial moment? Your so money moment? My so money moment probably would be when I was 25 and I bought my house because it probably wasn't the best time now that I look back because it was right before the Great Recession hit. But I was so proud of myself because I had done the whole process myself. I took first time homebuyers classes. I saved $50,000 myself. On top of the fact that I was saving 20% of my gross income for retirement, I um, my credit score was amazing. And here I was, 25, and I just was like, I'm ready to buy a house. I signed the papers myself with no help. And so that was probably my proudest money moment. I was so scared when they gave me the keys and I opened the door and I thought, this is mine. I'm 25. I have a house, you know? And so definitely that was it. And second probably would be when... With the budget Nisa, so I had to move back home and then I got sick of living home. But my parents, I love them dearly. They're African. And sometimes parents from other countries who are born in other countries are super strict. You know, they teach you the old ways of the old country. And I'm like, Oh, wow. you don't have to tell me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so they were so strict. So even though I moved back home and I was like 28, they were like, Yeah, so your curfew is still 25, oh. uh, 12 midnight. <laughs> I'm like, curfew? I'm 28. <laughs> I'm a homeowner. I know, right? My dad's like, yeah. I have a so, mortgage. Exactly. Curfew. <laughs> they did not care. My dad's like, if you live home, because my sister, who was a teenager, the baby, she was still home. So we were still having family meetings about washing the dishes. And I'm like, but I shouldn't be here. I don't want to do this. And so I decided to move in with my sister. Uh, my She's second to me. Um, and I moved in with her for a few months. And she couldn't take me after a while because I had no money. So she kicked me out after like nine months of me mooching off of her. And I wrote myself a check for, I said that one day I'm going to make $10,000 in one month from my business. And she's going to see. And about a year later, I hit that milestone with my business, The Budgetista. I had made $10,000 in one month, which is like saying I was going to make a million because at that time I was making nothing. And so that was probably my second proudest moment to actually hit that milestone. I, I make so much more than that now, but that was such a huge deal to me from starting this business from scratch. A name like The Budgetista, which... My baby sister made up for me to growing a business now that, you know, that people know around the world now. I am so doing that. You are now one of many people who have said to me that, you know, they envisioned, they pursued wanting to earn a certain amount of money. They wrote themselves a check for that amount, put it up on a wall, like on their fridge, or they framed it. 
And then they earned that money. Yes. Not the next day, maybe not even a year later, but eventually they did. It was, uh, it's a story that always gives me goosebumps because, um, I don't know what's happening there. I don't know if that's like the secret. <laughs> I don't know if that's just, um, I don't know. It's some, it's some, some energy. And I think what it is too, is you're, you're really making yourself accountable. You yes. know, it's just one more level of accountability. Uh, you put it out there, you put it in the universe and hopefully, you know, someone's, someone's listening and, you know, makes it happen. No, definitely. I got it from the secret. I, I was watching. Oh. I mean, yeah. Like when I was living in my depressed, I owe $25,000 funk. I was watching you watched a, lot a lot of, of Oprah. <laughs> yes, a lot of Oprah. <laughs> and I read The Secret and I watched The Secret and I saw that. I think it was Jim Carrey. Yes. 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 He wrote it. And I said, you know, his was a million. I said, well, let's stay within the oh, realm no, it was of like 20 million or something and, and 10 million. And he made that yes. in, in, yes. the, in uh, filming The Mask. <laughs> yes. And so I said, you know what? Let, let me put something that I see that's possible but impossible for me. And so, and even every year I up it up. I, I say, you know, I want to make 30,000, 40, 50,000 in a month. And every year it takes me about a year, but usually I've been hitting those milestones. Wonderful. How about habits, Tiffany? What's your biggest financial habit that helps to keep your finances so money? Um, I would say communication. I am one of these people. I never was shy about talking about money. So I'd be like, as a teacher, I'd say, yeah, so I'm making 39000 this year. And my friends are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, you're not supposed to tell people what you make or tell people what you have saved. or, And so, but to me, it's the shame of money that keeps people from solving their financial issues. So I've always been really open with what I make, what I'm saving, how much debt I have, that it's, there's an African saying that says, um, fear of the wolf makes the wolf bigger than it is. So sometimes you're so afraid of something, it actually magnifies the issue. So I try to diffuse that by being open and honest about where I stand. So definitely open communication. So you advocate talking about how much you make publicly? Well, no, you don't have to do, do that to that extreme, but I would say you should definitely with your significant other. There are couples who don't even talk about, some couples don't even know what each other makes and they're yes, married. Yes, I've met them. <laughs> yes. And so I'm saying at your level of comfort, there should be a level of money shouldn't be this scary secret thing. It should be, you You could, You could. should be able to tell your girlfriend, you know what? I sold it in my Starbucks today and I saved that $10 in my bank account. That's an okay thing to say. You don't have to be like me because I just share everything. But you should share, <laughs> you know? And that's because, why we love you. <laughs> but because I think, think about it this way. So many people think that they're alone. In the Facebook group, my Live Richer Facebook group, women share their deepest, darkest financial secrets. And like 20 other women are like, me too. And then together, we work toward finding a solution. It's letting go of that shame and fear that allows you to say, okay, I'm not alone. Now I can work toward, you know, a solution. My favorite crowds are women. You know, I, I've uh, been promoting my book, When She Makes More, all through 2014, and now the paperback is coming out. And uh, my favorite is when I get into a room full of like 10 women, mm -hmm. um, the type of intimacy that unleashes in that yes. room, talking about things that you would never say out loud to anyone, except now that you're in a room full of women who, where the energy is just right and you feel you feel like there's a, a, a sisterhood, you know, like yes. an unspoken sisterhood. And so many revelations uh, are born out of the, of that. And I just, what, what you're doing is really uh, 
bringing that to scale. You know, um, I'm just in a room with 10 women. You have, you know, 15,000 and growing women sharing um, such such personal uh, and rich stories for with one another that I think uh, what, a, what a gift that you're giving to these women. Oh, thank you. Okie dokie. Let's talk now about uh, stream of consciousness things when it comes to money. So I, I dedicate the last part of the podcast to starting off a sentence and then having my guest finish it in rapid fire succession. <laughs> okay. It's not always as fast as <laughs> I'd like it to be, but but it's always kind of revealing. Uh, don't overthink it. That's the key first thing that comes to mind. So the okay. first thing I would do if I won the lottery tomorrow is? Financial advisor. You don't have one? I do, but I would hit him up and be like, James. Oh, you would go to your financial advisor. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Smart, smart, smart. One thing that I spend my money on that makes my life easier or better or both is? Sierra. That is my project manager. She like makes my life so much better. Nice. Outsourcing. Love it. My biggest guilty pleasure that I spend probably too much money on, but it's, but I'm here, I am admitting it. <laughs> <laughs> Chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> oh, is there a certain uh, br- like brand? Do you, do you bake them? Do you go out and buy them? Well, usually I like the homemade ones. So either I make them at home or there's a few like cafes that I buy them. And I'm like, oh God, Tiffany, it's enough. But I love them. <laughs> the one thing I wish I had learned about money growing up is... How to invest. Yeah. Don't take out a credit card and use that to invest. (laughs) Yes. I wish I would have learned, yes, how to, because it was always savings, budgeting, debt pay down, those type of things. But investing wasn't heavily taught in my house. Yes. Here, uh, you know, I I echo that. I think um, a lot of people, male, female, I think investing is just one of those things that not enough of us know about to even teach each other. Exactly. When I donate money, I like to give to blank because? I like to give to organizations that I volunteer with because I know how the money's being spent. Nice. Transparency is key. Mm -hmm. And finally, I'm the budget nista and I'm so money because? I'm the budget nista and I'm so money because I share financial education with the world. You absolutely do. And tell us how we can join your community and find you online and maybe coming to a city near us. Sure. So you can find me, The Budget Nista, at thebudgetnista.com. But if you are a woman, no matter where you live or how old you are, and you're like, I'm finally ready to kind of gain control of my finances and I want to do so in a fun way, in a group, then you can join us at livericherchallenge.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Tiffany. Have a great rest of your year. Thank you, Farnoosh. I had so much fun. That's a wrap. If you'd like to learn more about Tiffany Aliche, please visit her site, thebudgetnista.com. You can also go to livericherchallenge.com. She's on Twitter at thebudgetnista. Also, remember, her book is The One Week Budget. We've got all the info about Tiffany and her links at somoneypodcast.com, where also you can find the transcript and comments from this episode and all previous ones. And as always, keep your questions coming, please. I love hearing from you. And as you know, weekends are dedicated to you and me time. It's Ask Farnoosh on the weekends, where I respond to your questions that have been streaming in through the week. It's very easy to connect 
connect with me, just hop on to somoneypodcast.com, click where you see it, ask Farnoosh, and boom, you'll be directed to an area to write a question and send it. And I instantly get it in my inbox and I reserve it for the Saturday and Sunday episodes. And I pretty much answer all the questions that come through either that following weekend or the next weekend. And finally, thanks for all your reviews on iTunes. As a reminder, leaving a review on iTunes not only helps the show uh, grow and get noticed, but I would like to thank those who leave reviews, at least some of them, by offering a free 15-minute money session with me. And how I do this is I go on to iTunes, I look at who's left reviews over the past seven days, and I pick one new review, one new reviewer. I announce this person on the Saturday episode of So Money, and uh, that person just has to email me, farnoosh at somoneypodcast.com, and say, hey, you read my name and you read my review. Let's get together and we will a free 15-minute money session with me. So hopefully that encourages you to go out and leave a review. I know they take time. So I want to encourage you and reward you in some way. Thanks so much for tuning in. See you back here tomorrow. In the meantime, hope your day is so money. 